Podcast. Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. Admit. Admit. Oh, got an empty chair. <laughs> hey, Pat. That's deservedly so. Right? Not a problem. <laughs> maybe this is uh, maybe this is payback. This is payback. It's <laughs> what you get, man. This is what we get for the next hour. Stare, stare at my empty got. chair. We're recording this time for real. <laughs> sure you are. He's just like, I'm going to be set. All right. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> How long do we wait? Uh, uh, Forever. <laughs> well, I guess we can inter- We can do our introduction. Oh! <laughs> How are we doing, sir? How you doing? Good. No question. Good. We, we we thought maybe you were playing a practical joke on us, and we were just going to get an empty chair for the next hour. <laughs> well, I was just thought. You know, it was just thought, but 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 I like you guys too much, so oh. I said, no, I can't. You know, I can't do that to you guys. Well, we, so before before we start, before we start, I want you to notice I have a black T-shirt on. Uh huh. Okay. And I have a a glass of wine. Perfect. Nice. Perfect. You guys. I'm doing this because I had I, I saw the uh, the uh, podcast you did with my director Adrian, who had a black T-shirt on yep. and was drinking wine, although he was drinking boxed wine. <laughs> I don't drink boxed wine. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Adrian, but he knows that. And I figure if I do this, I got a shot maybe of being in his next picture. There you, you go. Know, maybe he'll hire me again. And we'll work together. So, you know, I twerk the shot. There you, you know, go. You do whatever you got to do. It's Hollywood, man. That's right. You what, got her down pat. Whatever it takes. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I, I made sure we're recording this time, first of all. And after okay. after watching your uh, your couple of uh, your couple of Instagram posts of you playing Carlos and Shoot or Die. <laughs> I'm, oh, really, I'm sure you want to talk about that, too, don't you? I don't want to fuck this one up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you play a bad guy very well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here's what I'm going to say quick. I watched the clips too, obviously. Is um, I never want you to sing happy birthday to me. Oh, you don't want me to sing happy birthday with no, the hammer? No, never. So that 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 scene, those two clips, is one, one whole scene. And here's the bottom line to it. They have cast me, the producer of that film and director... Uh, had had seen they were friends with Killer Killer of Popcorn. Oh, okay. So I had been on the set of Killer Popcorn shooting, and they had I didn't know who they were, but they were standing off camera. And after I was done, they had come over to me and they said, "We're shooting a film. Would you be interested in talking to us?" So I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll talk to you. You know, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'll talk to you." Yeah. And when I, when we sat down, we had the meeting. Uh, they had told me, you know, it was Carlos, and and I, you know, of course, bells went off my head. I went, ooh, that's that's good. And and uh, they said to me, listen, if you got a different way of saying a line, then go right ahead and do it. We're giving you carte blanche. That's like the last thing you should say to me, <laughs> he said, because what you're seeing is three quarters of it is ad lib, and about a quarter of it was on the page. <laughs> is what you're seeing there. So. The hammer 
when you go, it's hammer time. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the whole place cracked up because I didn't tell him I was going to do that. I just threw it out there when we when we shot. But yeah, it's pretty nasty character. Nice. Yeah, probably the, probably the worst character I think I ever did. Oh really? Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Because as long you will find out that I kidnap a twelve-year-old. Oh uh, boy! Okay. lady, and you know, to Carlos, she's just a sweetheart. So I'll leave it at that. I won't go. I won't sure. go any further. My daughter won't watch the movie. She refuses to watch the movie, so I can't get her to see it. So, you know, although so, she she does the video hookups for me with the Instagram. Oh, nice. And so, okay. so yeah, how, yeah. So, <laughs> how far along in production is that movie? Uh, it's done. Oh, okay. We, Oh, that's all done. Um, in fact, I'm supposed to meet with them for, I guess, breakfast or lunch but to see what's going on with it. But all three movies are done that I did here in two years. Oh, nice. Uh, obviously, okay. uh, Pillow Popcorn. And yes. I wish they, that's still in post-production. I wish he'd finish the damn thing because <laughs> it's crazy. It's, a cra- it's just a whacked out movie. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Shoot or Die. Uh, that's also done. So I think what he's trying to do with Shoot or Die is He's got a package of films, um, and it's funny because the uh, uh, Josie, who's the owner of the production company, they were from Burbank, and they came here to shoot it, and to the point where he has now moved his entire production from Burbank to Las Vegas. Oh, wow. And now he's permanently here. Wow. So I think he's got a package of films, and I think they're trying to sell it as a, one one of the packages of of four or five probably oh gotcha uh, so, you know hopefully uh hopefully it'll be out and uh, you know and and fortunately for me my parents aren't around anymore so you know they don't have to watch that one so i'm, <laughs> I'm good <laughs> well uh, definitely intrigued those clips are good clips you know definitely intriguing um who doesn't like thank a good, you very much you know a crime uh th- those are always fun to watch yeah it's it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy it's a pretty crazy film uh the someone said to the they shown they had shown it or the director a few people, and they said to him, "Jesus, he's the meanest, nastiest person I've ever seen." And the director looked at him, looked at them, and he said, "Actually, he's the nicest guy on the planet." And they said, "Really? You can't tell from that." No, that's for sure. Complete opposite um, of just yeah. talking to you like this. Is it? I mean, well, you know what? You know what, guy? That's the fun part to play. Those are yeah. those are the really. Fun, fun, uh, fun parts to you know to play. You just the dark side of uh, of you just comes flowing out. You know? So, so you don't um, find it real hard to make the transition. I mean, is there anything you have to do to get yourself ready to do those those no. types of scenes? No. All no. right. I, you know, no. Honestly, no. No, I knew the character. I knew what I wanted to do with the character. Sure. Uh, sure. You know, put a slight accent on him. You know, nothing, nothing too heavy, like. Uh, Mr. Pacino did in in uh, yes right exactly uh, what's the movie I'm talking Tony Tony Montana you know talk to my little friends right, right. Uh, over the top a little, little bit yeah a little little bit just a little just just a tad uh, <laughs> so I tried to keep that that at least a little bit down and uh, and no I mean once you know once I I get on the on the set and I understand who I'm playing and what I'm doing uh, a lot of it is it's it's um you know I had I had a meeting. Uh, one last ride, which I know you guys watched the the, the film. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the the movie. I, I had a uh, a meeting with Dustin Hoffman many years ago, and we talked, and and uh, we kind of both came to the conclusion we 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 work on the same level. 
it's kind of like the the costume of a character and the way he walks and talks really really helps so it's kind of like i go externally and then i go internally and some actors will go the nero will go internally to come out externally okay. you know so it's just it's kind of kind of reverse so there's a little inside of but um uh, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the Italian guy from New York, so you pissed me off and I'm half Sicilian, so I can just, I can go off in a heartbeat. You know? It comes, yeah, it comes out naturally. Yeah. natural. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, then again, I want to thank you for, uh, for being kind and coming back and allowing us to try this again. Oh, uh, I would, I wouldn't, wouldn't miss this in the world. You guys are great, by the way. Oh. And you did, you did a fantastic job with, with Adrian, you know. And, and and listen, if if you guys, if it's going to help sell tickets to Kindred, if you need some really bad dope on Adrian, I mean, I'll give it to you tonight. You know, if it's going to help, it's going to help the cause. You know, perfect. Um, then I say yes, it will help. <laughs> He's got to be fine I'm with joking, that. Adrian. <laughs> it will. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Both, you know, we had so much fun doing both of the interviews. Um, mm-hmm. So we were we're excited to promote the movie, and yeah, just bad luck. So. Thank you again. Well, I want to as well say thank you for coming back. So it's it's absolutely my pleasure, guys. Absolutely my pleasure, without a doubt. Which so. I thought when you originally started, I thought you were going to give a shit about that a little bit. <laughs> are you sure you guys are recording? <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do that. Oh, we deserve I'll it. Let, I'll let you. I figured you said it, so okay. Now you opened up the door. We right? deserve it. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so excited about the shoot or die. That's um, we just touched on that, which is great. Um, so you don't have a release date. That's fine. Um, no, but we'll look for it. And uh, once yeah. I come out, we'll you know we'll we'll talk we'll watch it and talk about it. I've been, yeah, I'd uh, love to love to love to sit down and talk about that. And like I said, I I'm hoping that killer popcorn. Killer comes popcorn. Out. Yeah. Um, well, let's just, well let's keep with the killer popcorn just for a minute because that's an okay. upcoming movie. And I know we touched at the end, but um, that looks so fun. That looks so much fun. Um, it, 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 uh, it again. It, it came from the beautiful young lady you guys had on from Kindred, Karina. Yep. Uh, and uh, we had finished Kindred, and she got involved with Killer Popcorn. They turned around, and I guess the guy they had for the lead playing Fletcher uh, didn't work. wasn't working for them. So she contacted me, and she said, "Oh, please, please, would you just..." read this would you read this and talk to them please 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 i told them about you they looked you up they really want to meet with you so i said okay so trevor who the, the in the movie the movie is based is based on i own a video store and the video store is uh movies in candy and that's actually the producer had that store oh. you see the movie and you see the store that is his store Oh wow! That he wrote this wrote this film about, and he also wrote it. It's a producer and the writer of it. And where's that so located? In, uh, it's at, it's located in Henderson, located in Henderson, Henderson, Nevada. Right, right, uh, not too far from my house. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And when I sat down with him, and uh, you know, we talked. I read the script, and I said, "This is probably the wackiest film I've ever done in forty years of doing this." <laughs> uh, and that and that's actually what what because I've been film. It's a cult film. I mean, it comes out. It's it's so you know zombie land. It's just whacked out. I mean, it's just completely whacked out. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Eraserhead, yep. uh, Lynch. I mean, it, that makes them look normal. All right, so that, that this film makes that look normal. And <laughs> I just I said, you know what? I've never done anything like this. And I knew that again, comedy wise, which is where I started. 
uh, in comedy. I said, I can just really just, he said, have fun with the man. Oh, you know, bring it, just bring, bring it. And we sat down, we worked everything out money wise at all. And, and, uh, I said yes to it. And, uh, in the first, here was the best. This was Thursday, Thursday or Thursday evening. And I said, great. I said, fantastic. I said, when are we starting? And he, they all looked at me and they said, uh, Two o'clock tomorrow, we start shooting your first scene. <laughs> what? What the hell are you talking? Me, me, tomorrow? No, you and Karina, you got the first scene tomorrow at two p.m. So just you know, be here. We'll get the costume. I said it's that's a day tomorrow. They went, yeah, and sure enough, two p.m. the next day, uh, I was on the set, costume and makeup and everything, and we started rolling the cameras. So yeah, a yeah, true, that that happened. A true professional. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and, and I had Kurt there, so you know, I just looked at her when I walked in. I went, "What did you get me into, Karina? Seriously?" <laughs> and you know, Karina, she goes, "Oh no, no, no! It's going to be fun. We're going to have a blast, me and you." I say, like, "Okay, here we go." Nice, <laughs> so, nice. but it, it's a it's a fun, crazy, wacky movie, and you know, hopefully, I know they're in post, yeah. and I hope they, you know, it all gets it all gets done and and finished. And he looked at me, the producer looked at me at the end and he said away if it does well and we make movie make money on this movie then you have two more films to shoot because it's a trilogy of course I, really nice. really i said now i'm going to tell you something if this movie comes out and it's one of those cult films that go over the top and i'm walking down las vegas boulevard and somebody hollers out fletcher to me <laughs> Big trouble. That's all I can say to you right now. <laughs> so, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And the more you, know? you talk about it, the more I want to see it. So. Right. I know. Oh, yeah. It, it, if you go on, I think it's, I think it's, if you go on killerpopcorn.com, okay. trailer. They've got a trailer running on, on that. Uh, a really wacky trailer. Perfect. So, we'll check it know. out. Everybody else, check yeah. it out. That's, oh. yeah, excited. <laughs> so, what, so, that's yes. like two different roles back to back, kind of. Um, three different roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like you just said, um, all three the, of them. Um, yeah, uh, you know, a, a dad, uh, uh, mob guy, and um, I don't know the Fletcher's character in Killer Popcorn, but I'm assuming uh, it's a lot different than the other two roles. Oh, it's it's uh, it's completely different than the other two roles. He's a he's a man who owns the last the last video store on the planet. <laughs> It is the last video rental video store on the planet, and he refuses to let it go. Okay. And he, it, I'll give you it quickly. Karina's character shows up in the middle of the night. She's a crack addict, has a baby. Now this this is going to put the movie in perspective, right? What I'm going to tell you has a ba- has a little infant of hers, crack addict that she doesn't want. So she shows up at night, just like as I'm going to close the store. And decides that she's going to shove the kid through the drop-off box hole <laughs> in the in the in the video store. As I see her and start going bananas on her, as she's shoving the kid in the box in the box drop-off of the video store, she. I'm not going to tell you what happens yep. to her, but I end up I end up takes kid in, and he makes me so nuts that I force him to live in a gigantic popcorn box inside the store. And all he wants to be is a writer someday of movies. So, and and I can't get rid of him. And I absolutely, every word in the English language that you can possibly say to somebody to put them down, 
I used in, the, in that film with this kid. So, you know, there you go. Oh, <laughs> man. I can't. I can't wait. There you go in a nutshell. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, do you have a preference out of the three types we just talked about? Which you, your preference of playing out of the, the dad, the mob, or the mean guy? That's a great question. That's a great question. I'm going to, I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to go back to my roots. Okay. Um, and, and tell you, I started in radio as a disc jockey, uh, back in New Jersey and, um, came from radio and I went from radio into um, a, a television a, a comedy show five nights a week in New Jersey local comedy show oh, wow. called the uncle called the Uncle Floyd show and created I don't know I probably had about 15 different characters so comedy became very it was very easy to uh, comedy was really that's that's my my basis okay uh, and then I went into New York and Started studying seriously and started doing theater, and we moved from New Jersey. My wife and I and went into New York City and lived there uh, and started doing theater. So, to answer, go back now to answer your question. Um, and after five years in New York, we decided I dragged my wife across the country to La La Land in uh, Hollywood for, for for the next thirty six years, and now I dragged her into Vegas. Uh, but to here, she wanted to come here. Um, to answer your question. I, I enjoy doing the comedy okay. a lot um, just because for me, when I do comedy, it, it kind of, it, I know if people are laughing, it's, you know, and the way this works right now and the pressures and everything of people to get people to laugh and just relax and forget about what's going on in your freaking life. Sure. You know, it's sure. really, really, so to answer you fun wise, I, I really enjoy the comedy. Um, second, the kindred, you know, um, and and uh, you know, playing the dad because I am one. Drama know, with, with daughter, more, yeah, more with, drama. With, yeah, the drama, and and uh, and then after that, yeah, I love doing. You know, I mean, obviously, I've done mob guys, Italian mob guys. He's a you know, he's a Mexican cartel guy. You know, so. You know, I've done, I've run the gamut. Sure. I mean, I've literally, I'm kind of chameleon-ish as an actor. Well, I can tell uh, that, yeah. Well, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, and, and um, you know, there's two kind of actors. There's movie stars that the the character becomes the Those guys. Is? I don't know. We're, I, I think what you're, Well, we're just having internet connections or something. You're freezing up every once in a while, but I think we're okay. Am I? Am I good now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. I just, I don't want to lose what you're saying. Okay. That's all. Okay, so I'll go back to um, the the comedy. There it is again. Internet connection unstable. Am I unstable? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it might be Carlos. <laughs> oh. Carlos is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my wife probably would say yes to that. But I, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it because I think I, you heard me say that, right? Yeah. yeah. And as far as making people laugh. And, you know, there's two kind of actors. There's the actor that the, the character becomes the actor, you know, not the actor becoming the character. Tom Cruise, you know, he's a movie star. Uh, Ron is a totally different okay. Robert De Niro becomes the, the character, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, Uh-oh. driver or raging or any of that stuff. How 
Finn is another one. He becomes the character. So I'm more on that kind of uh, of how I know I'm on the article, but as far as he becoming the character and not the character becoming Pat, you know, that's, that's, that's as an actor, that's how I always, I always worked. Um, okay. So, you know, to, to, to fall in, to fall into those guys. I mean, I've played everything from, you know, cops to, to bad guys, to junkies, to uh, addicted horse, you know, gamblers and, you know, so on, so on down the line. And, and uh, now being a little, you know, a little older, uh, it's nice to play, to come in and go, well, you're going to be a dad. And like, oh, okay. That's cool. Sure. You know, I've done everything else. Nice to, nice. So uh, that would be second, would, would be Kendrick, you know, okay. which I really, I really endure. Um, so, and thank you guys for pushing the movie, by the way. Oh yeah. We love well, it. I really enjoyed it. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about Kendrick because okay. of how great it is. And then we'll, we can go on from there because. Yeah, you mentioned it, and boy, it, you know it is a it is a really good movie for and and you know we got a lot of insight from you last time and from Adrian about the production part of it. Wow, what you guys crammed through in a short amount of time, the budget, <laughs> it, the movie doesn't re- uh, represent that at all. I mean, I would not think of it as at such a low budget. So, it, how did you how did you get onto be, the project? Let's go with it, that. It, it's got to be the fastest film that i think i ever shot yeah because i got a film in 11 days like that wow and you know the majority of majority 95 percent of what i did was one takes you know at the table at the table with the chopsticks when you know i can't take it then my wife is gone and i break down that was one take wow that was in and out and you know this the the i said that to adrian i said look you know ethan did a phenomenal job i mean his first his first film, that's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, the kid's got a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and it just that's just ridiculous. Uh, and Eleanor, same thing. First film, and it's just you know, I mean, how she pulled it off the last scene, it's just it's just still on the money. You know? yeah. both, and 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 you know, for for me, I I said, Dream, I said, look, here's the deal. If if I just sound like Biden, didn't I? Here's the deal. So, so, <laughs> so, so I said, if, you know, I can do a lot of stuff in one take, you know, two tops. And if you need, you know, more, I said, let's, you know, let, let Ethan and, and Eleanor and, you know, whoever else needs to do three or four takes, you know, if you, if you, if we have the time, you know, let's put it, put it over there. So that's what I, and the same thing, you know, when we talk about the other film, One Last Ride, if you want to, to later. Absolutely. Um, same thing there. Same thing there. That was, you know, almost everything I did in that film was one take. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, um, but, but, uh, I mean, Kindred, Kindred, it came out, it, it blew me away. When, when I went in to see the, the, the cut, mm-hmm. and, you know, we went through, he, Adrian would send stuff to me, go, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And he'd, you know, he'd send a, a, a complete, and we talked about it. And you know, I'd say, well, I think this, I think that. And then, you know, you're the director. You got to do what you want to do. Um, but when I saw the final, there's a lot of movies I watch on Netflix, and I just went, wow, this blows a lot of the crap that I'm watching on Netflix right now. Dead. You know, it just, just, it just for the for what you know, seventy five thousand, a hundred grand that we shot that movie in eleven days to look like that. That's crazy. Yeah, one hundred percent. And we did. I'm very proud. I'm very, 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 very proud of the film. Very proud, and, and you know, very, very, very happy with what I 
with what I did in it. You yeah. know, so I'm I'm glad it's doing it's doing really well right now. That's on, awesome. On and Tubi. So how did you get wrapped up in the project? Uh, okay, so we moved to Las Vegas. We built a house here. From we, we left uh, we left Los Angeles. We were still living, um, and my wife and I. She had her business. She was closing her business, and I said, "You know what? I'm I'm kind of done. I'm going to retire." But and we we knew we wanted to come to Vegas, so we started looking at houses, and we ended up saying, you know what, let's just build one, you know, because to buy a resale, and to build one wasn't too far. So we built a beautiful home here in Vegas. Friend of mine, and also Adrian's, and Adrian and I didn't know each other, but we had a little friend um, from Criminal Minds, uh, Glenn Kershaw, who has been, you know, the him, him and Whitney, his wife, uh, the four of us have been friends uh, back in New York, back in the in the late seventies, early eighties. Oh wow! We became friends because his wife Whitney was also an actress. We were in the same class together, and we all became friends. And and Glenn had said to me, "Oh, you're going to Vegas. You got to meet." He's like family. This guy Adrian. He's got an independent film, a script, and hey, and I kind of kind of was blown him off. Yeah, okay, okay, Glenn. Yeah, whenever, whenever. Oh, when he comes to me, I go, okay, okay, okay. So finally, we built the house, came here, and Glenn said, "I'm hook. I'm going to hook you up with with Adrian. He's going to call you." So Adrian called me, and we started talking. He came over to the house, had some coffee, and he said, "Pat, he said I have a script. Would you want to read it?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll read it." And so I read it, and as soon as I read it, I, the script was great when I read it. And in my head, I went, "Wow, I'd love to play Alan." You know, and here I am. I'm supposed to be coming to Vegas to retire, and I'm going. I love to play. Alan. Um, and he showed up about a week later at the house, sat down. He said, what do you think of the script? I said, it's a great script. And he, and he looked at me before I could say anything. He said, would you want to play Alan? And I said, man, you're reading my mind. I said, nice. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Eric, who is also the other producer uh, in, in, uh, with Kindred, uh, and they've been, Eric and, and Adrian have been working production together for a long time. Uh, he came in. And the three of us just hit it off like really, really tight. And uh, I said yes to him. They worked out. You know, he started getting his money together and got the attorneys and talked about money uh, for for me. And he said, "Would you, you know come into casting? We're going to cast in L.A." And he didn't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. Okay. So, so I'm now I'm still going back and forth to L.A. because I still had my house in L.A. So I was coming here, going there, coming here, going there. And Adrian says to me, we're, we're, we're in casting. We, we, at one point, if it was during casting or before or after, he says, I'm thinking about shooting the movie in L.A. And I just stopped dead. And I went, you don't want to do that. <laughs> don't want to do that with this budget. You'll never get through it. It's, 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 L.A. has become insanity right now to me. Sure. I was there 36 years between the traffic, the prices, the cost of living. It's just, it's lunacy. I mean, it's just lunacy. And for you to move a production, you know, it, it, you got two locations or three locations in one day, you're stuck in traffic. The last thing that I did in LA was for the oxygen channel. Okay. And, and we shot the first two days, uh, we shot in Playa del Rey. And I never forget, they came to me and they said, 
okay, Pat, we're changing locations tomorrow. You know, I'm, I'm living in Sherman Oak Studio City. I'm hoping it's in the Valley. And they look at me and they go, we're going to Anaheim Studios. And I just went, what? We're going to Anaheim Studios, which is down by Disneyland. Okay. Okay. The traffic is so bad, I had a 7 o'clock call. So I wouldn't be in the traffic. I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, <sighs> left my house at 4.30 to drive down there and sit in a diner and breakfast till 7 o'clock till I had to go in. Otherwise, it would have taken me. It's normally maybe an hour drive. It would have taken you two and a half hours. To get oh, God. There. Crazy. My wife. I'm my wife, and I'm gonna. I know I'm knocking LA, and I don't care. My my daughter lives there, and I give her money rent, so I can knock it. Um, <laughs> yep. Which, which that's gonna stop because she just got a great job. So, God bless her. Right. Um, but 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 you know the, the 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 bottom the bottom line is you, you can't you can't. My wife had a business ten miles from the house, ten miles. Okay. Out, hour and forty five minutes to get to work. Oh my! Ten wow. miles. Ten miles to go over the canyon, an hour and a half to an hour and forty-five minutes to work. That's insane. Lunacy. Yeah, lunacy. we just can't fail so, them that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I said to I said to Adrian, I said you can't shoot it here, man. Yeah, you cannot shoot it. I said that'll be disaster. You know. So and he, he thought about about it, thought you're from Vegas, right? I said you get everything you need here. And then Eric came up and he said, look, we could shoot it in Boulder. I live there and. Everything me there and i can get stuff for us and finally adrian went yeah you know what you're right and funny i, I probably told you so to him i can't tell you how many times uh that we ended up shooting it here i said i told you not to shoot it here shoot it here so yeah, we'll shoot it here so so he, he probably won't talk to me now because i gave that secret away but he, he he's happy and i'm happy yeah and the other yeah. reason here's the other reason i really didn't want to shoot it in l.a I wanted to live in my new house. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) New house I built. I don't want to be. I want to be here. Yeah, no. So, but it all, it all, it all worked out. It worked out. It worked out. The worked out great. It worked out great. It it seems like because he did talk about location when he was when he was on. So seemed like it worked out. And every little suggestion is in a little selfish in some way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. Whatever. You're retired. You're. And, that's what you're. But, you're after. Yeah. And and we we did cast in L.A. Obviously, uh, uh, Eleanor and and both uh, Eleanor, uh, Ethan, and actually Kevin too, who played Leonard. Uh, they they came in. They came in from from L.A. and we cast them. We cast them there. I think it was two or three days I spent with Adrian. You know, casting. Sure. And to me, the important one. And I said this to him, the important character for me was whoever was going to play uh, Winters. Yeah. You know, Ethan's role. Because, you know, I'm on camera with him so much. And, you know, I knew it was going to be someone young. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that, you know, the budget we had, go get some season-year-old kid because you can't pay him. Right. That's that name. So, you know, my thing was we got to get somebody, one, that can – hold the film up yes because he's on he's on camera you know for for an hour and a half he's if he can work you know it goes down the whole film goes down a drain you know and you know the second thing was for me was that you know we can we can stay on this you know like this and not be like that because he's inexperienced you know as far as the acting on uh in all the scenes and ethan was great yeah. i mean he was yeah he, he came to an audition and i was like 
wow, this kid is this kid's got a lot of talent. Did man. you know right away? Yeah. Kind of when he started I knew right away. Yeah, I knew right away. I knew right away. Just, the second time he came in, I really knew because he really nailed it. Yeah, you, 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 we tell, he, you lucked out. He because he he's brilliant. He, he, he did fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I brilliant. Mean, I mean, he's brilliant. And the chemistry between you two is perfect. It's, yeah, and that you know really that and that was my other thing. That's just got to work. Kind of like one last ride. If the you know the, the, my wife doesn't work in in that movie and the chemistry's not right between the two of us. You know, it doesn't work. So if the chemistry wasn't right between me and Easton, you know, it's just it just the whole film goes down yeah, goes down the drain. Yeah. No matter you know, no matter what. Um, you know, and, and you know, he wrote a great he wrote a great script, uh, and that's where that's where all films start. They start with, with the script. Right. Uh Ily Dan, uh, uh you know, a very famous director, you know, said something one time that I, I just never forgot and he said, You can have the greatest the greatest actor, you can have Brando in your movie. Mm-hmm. But if but if it's not on the page, they're all going to go. Brando was great, but the film sucked. Yeah, right, right. Which has happened. Yeah. Which has happened over the years. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. It's happened quite a bit. You know, yeah. it's happened quite a bit. Where you go, wow, their actors are great, but boy, the film stunk. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it just sucked. So you know, he had it. He had it on the page, and now it was okay. Let's find the kid that's going to be able to, you know, pull it off the page and put it on the screen. And and you know, Ethan did that, and then the next one was Eleanor. You know, mm-hmm. to, find, to find someone, you know, to pull her character off, and she did that too. So we lucked out. We lucked out. Uh, you know, I, I I say Adrian, and and I we both lucked out. You know, yeah, with, and with, and also and also Kevin because Leonard's character oh, is yeah. so important to the movie, and he does he plays such a I mean he does such a great job with it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin, he's a great guy. He's, yeah, he was yeah he's he's he was a lot of fun. He, he was great. I mean. There's not a really not link in the whole in the whole film. Everybody, yeah, you know, I mean, everybody that's that's in the in the movie just uh, just did a really great job in a very 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 um, fast paced uh, production. You know, it just was like one hundred percent. So you know, I know you're talking about it, and you're in the film, so you're saying how much you enjoy it, but. As an outsider, yeah, you, you you guys lucked out on everybody. Every character was done wonderfully, and uh, so I was so surprised when Adrian said eleven days. You <laughs> you can't tell it on film. You can't tell it on. Yeah, film. yeah. And the sound, yeah, you know. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead you're I, I was going to say, and then I was talking to him with you know the the for for sound being so important to the film mm-hmm. and being low budget was mm-hmm. amazing. Was was that, was truly amazing. That's Dave. Dave. He found Dave. Yeah. He had about three or four different sound guys, and he and Adrian found Dave. Uh, and Dave is just when I went in to do some ADR uh, into Dave's studio, it was great because he had a line, uh, and I'm talking about line of Emmys just lined up right <laughs> right next to the board and i was like holy smokes and then i went into the studio you know to, to the recording part of it and there were more emmys in that room so you know i went okay this guy's this guy's got his shit together he knows what he's doing yeah right. that's for sure he was great he was absolutely spectacular you know and it's funny my my very close friend which i will dive into later uh chas palmentary yeah uh had, had had watched the film and he called me up he loved it loved the film and you know performances and everything and he said man the sound is just unbelievable it's so good 
mm-hmm. you had a great sound guy and he said if, if i do an independent film i need to tune me into this guy because i want to use him you know so yeah dave kudos to dave he he really 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 i agree because if, if you guys if the film had bad sound it it, it would uh, it could have hurt the film and oh it, it would have killed it I mean, the sound, you know, the film's about a sound guy. So. Right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I did want to, I do want to ask you, because you kind of touched on it before with all the naming all the actors. So, um, who was an influence on you as a movie actor or stage actor or anything? Who do you look up to? Uh, I'm going to go right back to probably Hoffman and De Niro. Without a doubt, sure. With, with that, two of my two of my, my favorite actors, uh, and um, the third one would be you know, I'll preface this, a Pacino. Well, three three legends. So yeah, I'm talking about you know Serpico and yeah. you know Godfather and, and, and that stuff. Um, those 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 three those three guys, and and the biggest influence that I had uh, as an actor is someone who's not with us any longer. His name was Earl Hyman. Earl Hyman, did you ever see the Cosby show? Yeah. Sure. Okay, he was the dad in the Cosby show. The white hair and the mustache? Yes. He, he played Bill Cosby's father. Yep. In the Cosby show. He was he was my first acting uh, teacher and actually became at HB Studios in New York City and became became he became like a second dad to me. Okay. And we we got we got very close. Uh, and and uh, taught me a lot. Taught me taught me a lot. You know, I miss him a lot, but he taught me a lot. Um, and the last thing that he saw me do, funny enough, was One Last Ride. Uh, oh. that, was, that was the last movie he saw. So he had a big, big influence uh, on me. But as far as actors, it, it would be Hoffman and De Niro, and then and then uh, Pacino. Okay. You know. So as long you as we're know. as long as we're talking. Two Italian guys in a joke. You know what I'm saying? It's the start of a joke. <laughs> you have to walk into a bar. Yeah. Right? yeah. So as long, as long as we're mentioning One Last Ride and how important scripts are, why don't you tell us about One Last Ride? And Because you, okay. you, you wrote the script? I, I, I wrote the script, produced the movie, came out of my company, um, and, uh, and starred in it. Uh, it. It was actually a play uh, that I wrote. Um, to I'm going to say ten years. It took. It was. I wrote the play, uh, and ten years later, I did the movie. So I, I I wrote the play, did two productions in L.A., and then we took it back to uh, to New York and did a production back here uh, of the play. Um, it's based on a true story, which I I never put on the film, and I should have. Um, Tony, Tony Vitale, the director, uh, who had a bunch of films out, Kiss Me, Guido. And, a few others um he had asked me you want to put true story and i i was like eh, i don't know you don't know, want my dad because it was based on my dad and my dad's cousin my dad's cousin was a compulsive horse camp and and all through my teenage years i'd watch the two of them the dichotomy between them my dad would you know my dad put like you know 40 bucks on a horse and cousin genie you know he it, i'm going back in the 50s and 60s sure okay we're talking here, you know, he dropped five hundred thousand dollars on on one race. You know, you, you go back, you know, look it up, fifties and a thousand dollars, that's like putting ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a yeah, race. Yeah, right. You know, at least. So, you know, that always always amazed me to to, to watch this and, and 
you know, you, you get you get guy people that are hooked on drugs, hooked on alcohol. Okay, it's it's a substance that's that's that they're hooked on. Right. But you here I am living this, and you go, you know, gamblers. What what the hell makes you the attraction? When I wrote the play, I did nine months of of uh, research in GA meetings, Gambler Anonymous meetings, twice a week for nine months. They all knew what I was doing. They were thrilled that I was getting the message out. But to sit there and listen to the horrifying story that, that they told about what they did to their families, the women it really blew me away. And I'll tell you one quick uh -huh. one. She was celebrating her 10th uh, year of sobriety, and it was a, her birthday. They had a cake. And she got up and explained to uh, what made her stop. And she was in the card uh, room over in L.A., and she was there all night, never got home. Seven o'clock in the morning, she called up her husband. And she said to her husband, honey, you're not going to believe this. Oh, my God. I left so long ago. The car broke down. And I went into a gas station uh, to get it fixed. And it was like 1130. And they pulled the car. And I went in the ladies' room. And the door locked. And I couldn't unlock the door. And I've been locked inside the ladies' room. They closed the gas station. And I couldn't get out. And I was banging on the door all night. And now when they opened it at 7 o'clock, they finally let me out of the, of the door. Here's the kicker. And, she, and, and so I'm, I'm going to be on my way home. She hangs up the payphone. There's a woman, drops to her knees, takes her two hands, and pounds them on the concrete until blood came out so she can go home and say to her husband, see, I'm not lying. I've been pounding on the door wow. in the ladies' room all night. Wow. And you just, yeah, yeah. You just sit there and go, wow, are you kidding? It just stuck with me when, you know, when she said that. Yeah. So, you know, all it, it People, people get hooked on gambling, and it's the same rush, and it's not – here's the bizarre thing. It's not about winning. They don't give a shit if they win or lose. It's about anticipation. It's about the anticipation of going to the track, going to the casino, going to the craps table. It's about if they win. Because mm. when they win, their high is really high. Yeah. There's no, there's, no, there's no middle ground with them. It's black and white. It's like the high is high. And the low is low, and that's it. That's how that's how they live. That's how they live. And I watched my cousin, you know, my my father's cousin Jeannie, um, you know, take his take his family. Uh, in 1960s, he opened up a bank book in front of me and my mother. He lost eighty thousand dollars to the horses. Eighty thousand dollars in the 60s. You can buy a house for like fifteen thousand. Right. Wow. Back then, mob, the mob took his business over, and it always stuck. You know that, and I always, I always said when I went into acting, I always say to my wife, someday I'm going to write a write a film about it. I'm going to write a script. I'm going to write a play. I got to write something about this. And I sat down, and and uh, Chaz, very good friend of mine, had uh, just finished Bronx Tale, the play, mm -hmm. uh, and he was going in with with uh, Bob De Niro to to do the movie. And you know, Chaz said to me, you know, I said, Chaz, I want to put a play up. Uh, and put my own stuff up with my own company, and he said, "Write it, man. Just sit down and write it." And, and you know, and that's you know, that's that's uh, that's what I did. We 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 wrote the play. It was it was critically acclaimed, and um, I passed up a lot of people that wanted to buy the script, but you know, not with me in it. And I said, "That's not why I did it. You know, I didn't do it for that." And uh, you know, thank God I'm married to the person I'm married to. 
because uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, have accomplished three quarters of what I did with my life if I wasn't uh, married to uh, the wife that I'm married to. Well, um, let's give a cheers to your wife and her name. Cheers, uh, we're cheering you here, honey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she deserves here's it. The kick, here's the kicker. We met when she was uh, 14 and I was 15. Lifelong love. Bless you. Lifelong love. We'll be married uh, 50 years coming July. Wow. That's that amazing. Is awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, um, she was, you know, she was behind me and, and uh, uh, I got, uh, got the money from Germany, German company. Oh, okay. uh, I hooked, okay, we, we're going to go backtrack. Ang Lee, the famous yes. Asian director, uh, my other closest friend of Forrest, uh, he came on as executive producer, uh, which, which actually helped, um, helped me uh, get the money better. Which I would like yeah. you to go and do a little later about how you guys connected because he's a brilliant yeah. director. He's, he's one of a kind, uh, and uh, and and then I you know asked Chaz to come on and and uh, and come into the movie with me, um, and uh, actually Claire Jack, who was the wife of Mitch Kupchak, who was the general manager of the Lakers. Sure. Okay, we were friends, the the four of us, and Claire actually. She hooked German company. So if you watch the movie, you'll see co-producer Claire Kupchak. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. He does a small role actually. Uh, plays a secretary. And and uh, so she hooked she hooked me up with with the German company uh, right after I you know Ang said yes to me and he had never ever put his name on anybody else's movie. And we'll go back later and talk about you know why he did yeah. it. Um, yeah. And and uh, I asked Chaz. And then I, uh, Robert Davi and I had done a movie with uh, with Rodney Dangerfield uh, together, and I, I met Robert there, and I asked Robert to come, you know, come in and, and uh, do a role. And then I asked, uh, then we asked uh, Charles Durning, who was the greatest uh, greatest guy in the world, man. He was he was such a sweetheart. Love uh, Charles. Ah, uh, he was he he was the best. He was absolutely the best. Um, and uh, you know, once I had the you know had the cast and I had the money. Um, and I had a producer that I was very good friends with who came on, John Kelly. Uh, we had done a – well, he – actually, John Kelly did, did, the, um, did the Rodney Dangerfield movie. Okay. And that's where John and I met. And uh, we hooked up, and he came in and produced with me. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had all the connections in L.A. I couldn't do that movie now in L.A. There is absolutely no way. Now, you saw the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So let me ask you, and you guys saw it on – on YouTube. I was going to say, let's just quick say, if anybody wants to watch it, it's on. you can watch it on YouTube. Great movie. Yes. Go to YouTube. It's One Last Ride Movie. movie yeah. Yep. you got to put a movie in at the end of One Last Ride Movie. Perfect. Um, and, and uh, it, you know, Aang, Aang came on for me. It, 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 uh, it really helped. It really, really, really helped. And putting everybody, putting everybody together with me just, just really, really helped me. Helped me a lot. Uh, we shot that. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah, I'll let you. you. So you both saw the movie. Yes, and, but you didn't see it on the big screen. No. So you saw it there. But what would you think the budget I shot that movie for? Now that's on film. That's not on video. That sure, movie back was in the shot day. That was, was shot on. Two thousand two, two thousand three, when you were filming it, probably somewhere around yep. there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How you, much did you think? How much did you think the budget was on? Uh, I would say like three, four million. 
Okay. You agree with that? Um, no, that seems like a lot. Two million? Okay. You want to know what I shot that movie? Yeah. $500,000. <laughs> See, that's I shot it. that movie in 18 days for a half a million dollars. Everybody got paid. Yep. <laughs> trailers. Because you, you don't think these guys were going to go, like, sit on a chair without being in a Winnebago. That was <laughs> okay. Everybody got paid. Catering was great. You know, last day lobster, the whole nine yards. Just shows you that between me and John Kelly, yeah. if you know what the hell you were doing, you can you can really make a move. Everybody thinks the same thing. They're thinking two million, three million. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, well, you would think just with the cast alone that you. I mean, because the cast is so brilliant, and you would think they really oh, yeah. you got a ton of money tied up there. Yeah. Well, they they made they didn't work for their normal salary. They did me a favor, but they all still got paid. Chaz sure. got flown in. We flew Chaz in because he's he's in New York. He flew in, uh, and you know got put up at the peninsula and you yeah. know so so but yeah we shot shot that for a half million dollars in 18 days and and compared to like kindred where we talk about where there's uh limited locations that had mm-hmm. a lot of lot more locations yeah we were all over la i couldn't do it now yeah there's no absolutely no way in god's heaven i can make that movie uh for that money well um and and also also in 18 days i wouldn't be able to to get around just the traffic alone i wouldn't be able to jump around to, to get to all those locations so you when know? you were doing the movie for 18 days you're like this is gonna be the fastest movie i ever made until you got I, the oh yeah oh absolutely yeah oh yeah that was quick i, I didn't think i'd do i didn't think i'd break that record right. are you kidding <laughs> until adrian came along when we're shooting this in 11 i was like wow ah, 11 oh my god are you kidding me seriously you know, there's one scene in, in kindred well the scene the first scene that you see in and okay. There's a part we have that that whole that whole big. That's a five page scene. We shot that in one afternoon. Wow, Chris, you shoot five page in one afternoon is just nuts. I can't, I can't put it anyway. So my my in fact, I just said this to Adrian two days ago. We were talking on the phone. I said the next movie, if you're asking me in it. Please, no more than two pages to three a day. That's my limit. <laughs> I can't do five and six anymore. You know, it's grueling. But you know, we had to do. So, uh, and, and a lot of a lot here. Go back to again one last ride. Very much like Kindred. I had said to Tony, the director, to understand. I was the producer. Mm-hmm. I was the writer. I was the lead actor in that movie. So uh, it, it would go like this: if we were shooting a scene, and let's say at a dinner table. If the scene takes place at a dinner table, okay? They're setting the shot up. I'm sitting at the table with everybody while they're setting the shot up. I got one guy coming over this shoulder talking to me about production and signing things. Mm-hmm. I another guy coming over this shoulder talking to me about writing, the writing in a script girl coming over on this side of me. And then all of a sudden I hear Tony, the director, go, Pat, we're ready to go. Okay, they walk away, click back on, and go back into the role. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Chaotic, but um, how, how rewarding once you saw the final product. When I saw the final product, it just, you know, it blew me away. Yeah. It just blew me away, you know. Even they, they had cut a trailer while, while when we finished the, the film. They cut the trailer, and I brought it home. And my wife and I sat down and looked at it, and literally tears just came out of my eyes because I was waiting 10 years to make the movie. Passion. And I held on passion yeah. project for you yeah and my dad my dad 
Corey and my dad's cousin. My dad always used to tease me. He goes, so you got my story? I'm expecting royalty checks <laughs> in the mail at least once a month. You know? And I said, yeah, wait, wait, checks in the mail, Dad. Just yeah, checks, yeah. The <laughs> checks in the mail. <laughs> so uh, talking about location, the opening of Long, uh, One Last Ride. One Last Ride. One Last Ride. You're at the track. Yep. Kudos, you know, to get be able to film at the track. Um, so let's talk about that. And then amazing first scene, which I, when I watch it, I'm like, there's no way this happened. <laughs> you just dropped this yeah. up when you were writing it. No. That's exactly what happened one night. My father and my, wow. my dad's cousin, Jeannie, he put, a, I don't know how many thousands on a horse that he got a tip. And him, my father, and my, my uncle at the rail, and, you know, there's Jeannie. This is the big one, Frank. It's coming in. It's coming in. This is the one. Thing goes off. The jockey was holding the horse back because he, he was a half half a half a head of, of, of everybody. Okay. He started in there. He came into the stretch. He held the, held the reins. And my cousin, Jeannie, saw, saw it happening. Boom. He lost. He lost by, like, the head of the other horse. And his, his, my father said his eyes got, like, as big as his whole face. And he just went right over. And I won't give it away for people that never saw the movie. But the opening scene is true. Now, I'll tell you something about the opening scene. Opening scene, we go to shoot that part, and I have to fall a certain way when I'm on that track. Okay. Okay? Because the next shot, you see it, is a close-up of me. So I got to fall a certain way, so boom, camera could come in, they can cut it. Well, we did it three times. And what I was doing was, as I fell, I would roll my arm in so I would land this, the way that we needed to land. The fourth take, my arm went down, but what happened was my elbow got caught in my ribs. And when I landed, the rib cracked. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a lot more shooting to do. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think I did two more takes after that. But when I went home, I knew... That I that I popped the rib, I cracked the rib. I knew, I knew, because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. So they strapped me up. You know, they, when you crack ribs, that's all they can do. They can't do anything else. Right. Yeah. You know, take an Advil. So I was popping Advils the next day, and the next day we shot was the church scene. Where you see me getting out of the car and I'm walking into the church with the cane. Yeah. Okay. And they had they had so tight around my around my ribs, I I couldn't even get the words out in a decent way. And I just got to the point where I, I stopped. I said, stop, everybody. I pulled my shirt off, took my jacket off. I went, whoop, took it all off. And Tony said, how are you going to work? I said, just go. Give me the Advils. Just go. <laughs> so the next, you know, whatever days that I shot, uh, I shot with the, uh, with the crack rib. Wow. That's painful. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it, was, it was very, very painful. But there's when a I producer did- stepping in going, Money oh, absolutely. I kept going. Just keep going. Shut up. Keep going. Okay. There's a lot of money right now. You got to get this done because we can't come back. You know, we were paying for locations. Sure. Uh, the only place we didn't pay was was uh, was the was the track because uh, of Claire and she was friends. She was friends with uh, the producer from NYPD Blue, and he had horses there, David, and so he he made it so that they would give us the track. And here's the best one. Mm-hmm. San Anita, we shot with the crowd, the, the crowd scene. That was, the track was open, and that was a real crowd. Okay, because oh, oh. I, couldn't, I, I couldn't put all those extras, and I had a few extras. 
we had signs up. You walk in front of the camera, you're on. Don't ask any questions. That's life, okay? Don't don't ask me for a release because it's not going to happen. And but that's the first time that Santa Anita Racetrack ever let a film crew in when they were open. Wow. To shoot, because we got in there a week after uh, uh, Steve Biscuit. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, just uh, just finished. So there, so you kind of wrote on the, the coattail of the inspiration of Sea Biscuit. Yeah. And they're like, yep. oh, another, another, yeah, another horse, yeah, another horse yep. fun story. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they did ask for the script at one point. Okay. And and I went into panic mode. I went into panic mode. I said, okay, if I got to hand them the script, I said to John and I said to Claire, I said, Claire, if I got if I got to hand them the script, I'm in trouble. This is about a compulsive horse gambler who's taking his family and his life down the toilet. I said, this is not this is not come to the track and have a nice day and have a hot dog. You know? Right. So <laughs> I said, "Holy shit!" And I went home that night when they said they went before because we were in we were in pre production. I started taking out as much as I could take out. Well, as I'm taking it out, I look at it and I go, "I got a short film." There's, There's nothing left. left. <laughs> it work. This, is not, this is like a short film festival. This is not going to work. So what happened was Claire had called David. NYPD Blue producer, okay. and he went and called the track, and he said, oh, I read the script. It's great. It's very happy. It's all light. Don't worry about it. I got it. Don't worry about it. So thank God they went off of David, and they, they let us get in there and, and shoot because my heart went from here to here. Yeah. I'll tell you one more story about it, and then we can move on. Okay. Uh, the, per- the the guy that plays my my friend in the movie, my, my, my buddy there, yeah. right? Joe Marinelli, well, that's not who was cast. Who was cast in that role was Sean Penn's brother, Chris. Chris, Chris Penn? Oh, wow. So he, 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 they started calling because once Ang came on and Chas came on and, and Robert Davi came on, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the managers and agents started calling us, you know, names, more names. And of course, the Germans are like, "Oh, we need more names, more names." I said, "No, we don't need more names. Okay, we got enough of names." And and he his his manager called probably three or four times. Please, please, please. We knew that Chris had a problem. Yeah. With alcohol and drugs, unfortunately. And I met with him. We sat down and we read and we met. We sat down and read twice. And um, unfortunately, we cast him. And the first day of shooting, he went off the rail. <laughs> on and I had a fire. Yeah. And I loved him. Great guy. Chris was really, really, really great guy. He, he would have, he would have, he, he was, his, his short career, he, he did a lot of great stuff and he would have gone on better. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no, no doubt about it. And, and, you know, even when we were doing the, uh, you know, reading together in, in the, in the casting, you know, the chemistry was there between us, mm-hmm. you know, and he was so big and, you know, being, being me being smaller, five six, and he was a big guy and stuff, but uh, didn't work out. So, I got Chaz flying in the next day. I let Chris go. I'm in the middle of the day shooting. Okay, follow me here. Mm-hmm. I now have Chaz flying in to shoot the next day, and the scenes with Chaz were supposed to be in the restaurant with me and Chris and Chaz. Sure. <laughs> Watch the film. It's just me and Chaz. I went home after shooting all day, right? 12 hours, 13 hours. I went home. I had to rewrite the scenes because I didn't have anybody to play the second lead with me. Wow. 
Uh-huh. I came back the next day, shot some stuff with Chaz in the morning. On my lunch, went over to the casting director's office, had a ton of guys come in, read with them to play my to play to play my buddy in the in the film. Yep. Joe came in, he nailed it. Thank God. Yeah. They put me back in the van, shot me back to the back to the set to go back to finish the day with Chaz. <laughs> so, you know, saying saying it was a stressful. Uh, <laughs> I loved every minute of it. Sure. But it was, it was pretty. It was pretty uh, it's pretty pretty stressful, but you know those those are the things people go. You know, you, everybody. You know, you go watch a movie, and you know you're, you're mesmerized, of course, if it's a good film, and you go, "Wow, that was really terrific!" And but you have no idea, no, no idea, the the crap and the things that happen and things that go on uh, in, in, to make a movie. Um, you know, everybody. Oh, I'd love to do that. You got no idea what it does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but now. So the minute you're telling the story in my head, I'm I'm revisiting that scene, going, "Wow, how would it have been different had you had you know your cousin, yep. your buddy with you?" Yep. So, yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. I love interesting facts like that, so I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and and what, well, I mean, what I did was, if you know, when you see the movie, I get out of the car, and you know, he he keeps him in the back seat and takes him for a ride. You know, Chaz's little uh, right hand guy there, uh, Tony. You know, so you know, they, I you know, I did what I had to do in a very, you know, I had a short period of time, but I was wearing hats. So it was um, when we finished the <laughs> we finished the film. The next day, I looked at looked at Madeline, and my wife, and I said, "Okay, I'm making a reservation in Vegas. We're going to the Monte Carlo. I'm getting a suite. I got to get out of town because I'm going to lose my mind." <laughs> if I and I just like escaped. You know, we came we came over here and hung out with the, the three of us. Good. So, uh, Great, but um, you know, thank I got. I have to thank Aang, you know, for uh, you know for doing you know for doing what he did, you know, to put his name on it. Yeah, and so so he put his name on it. Well, yeah, what, yeah. How, I, how, how did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> so Aang, I, I was I was in New York. Uh, this was late seventies, early eighties, uh, working theater, you know, off Broadway and off off Broadway, and I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to learn film uh, acting because it's two different. You know, it's two different medias. You know, yeah. you're on stage, and you know you're 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 reaching the back the back row of the of the uh, of the auditorium. You know, you, you're on, you know, you're on film. You know, the camera the camera's right here, and it's a totally different way, different technique. Um, so I wanted to learn it, and I decided I was going to go to NYU, uh, where the directors were making the grad school, making their movies. So I, you know, they would they would audition for actors, and one one a First year uh, grad school student was doing his ten minute silent film, and he had called me in. So I said, "Okay." So I, you know, went over there, and and as I walk in, there's this Chinese kid speaking really broken English, <laughs> sitting in the corner, all by himself. I went, "All right." And I went over to the director, did what the director wanted. I'm walking out, and this Chinese kid uh, stops me, and he says, "I do film. Can you call me?" And he hands me his number. I said, yeah, okay, sure. So I called him up, and we met for for dinner up by NYU. He showed me his storyboard and you know the whole the whole nine yards. And it was Ang, was Ang Lee. And um, I, you know, I said, yeah, I'll do it with you, absolutely. And he always jokes because you know in, uh, Chinese red is like like really big thing for them, the mm-hmm. color red, right. you know. And I walked in to that dinner, 
and he said, you had these red corduroy pants on. <laughs> walked in. And I just went, even before you said anything, I said, he's got to do this movie with me. That's what I mean. <laughs> so we shot, we shot his first 10-minute silent film. And I always joke with him. I knew him before he knew what the hell he was doing behind the camera. Um, and and uh, here's, an, here's, a, here's a quick story on it. Yeah. So he only has my phone number. He doesn't know where I live in Manhattan. Uh, I, I shot the film. We got along really well. And I never spoke to him again. Okay? A year later, I have an obscene phone caller calling my apartment in New York City on that number, day and night. So I said to my wife, I said, before I kill this person, <laughs> I said, I got to change this for a make unlisted. You know? And and I said I have to. I said, so you know we got to do what we got to do. So I called the operator in New York. I said I got an obscene phone caller. I need to can't cut this number off and give me an unlisted number. Back in the eighties, you guys are too young. You don't know this, but back in the eighties, when you got an unlisted phone number, you paid for it. Okay. Why you paid for an unlisted number they didn't have to print? I never understood. <laughs> the you know, I, I'm going, why am I paying for a number you don't have to print? You know, but you had to pay for it, okay? Yeah. So she said, okay, here's your new number. It's unlisted, okay? No problem. The other number is cut off. Great. Two days later, my phone rings. I pick the phone up. And I go, hello? And on the line, I hear, Pat? And I went, hang? And he said, oh, thank God. And I said, no, stop. <laughs> How'd you get this number? He said, well, I just wrote my second year black and white sound sync film for you to do the lead role in. And I called your old number and they said, and it was disconnected and my heart stopped. So I called the operator and she gave me this number. <laughs> Good thing you're paying for it. <laughs> to this day, listen to me, to this day, when I lay in bed every night, every night, 365 nights a year, I go... Thank you, whoever you are. Thank you for giving him <laughs> number. All right? He never found it. He said, I didn't know how I was going to find you. Yeah. And I just like, shoot, not supposed to give you the number. It's unlisted. I'm right. paying for the number. It's unlisted. You know? But and, thank and you. I went off. Yeah. And and I we did we did his 10-minute. We did 10-minute. We did his, um, his black and white sound sync fucking year. I started. In. He won the Taiwan International Film Festival for Best Short. With that movie, and mm. I came home, and then then hit, we we became very we started to get really close, and um, I came home and I told told my wife I said he's going to be a very famous director. I said I'm telling you right now, yeah. this guy is because I had run off. It was there was a running joke at NYU grad school. What ended up happening was I started running off all these films for all these because they would see they would see like a daily in the classroom, and then other directors started coming to me. I think I ran off like six films in like in like the second year his second year <laughs> all these other directors so so the joke was every time uh, the, the the they would roll the in the club they'd watch a clip from a film it would be me you know so so i got a lot i believe me i got a lot a lot of use out of out of that nyu grad school what great experience. Uh, then, yeah it was great oh it helped me it helped me a hell of a lot to understand film and how to make you know and uh, and then he he came to me and he was going to do his um, his thesis film. Okay. And he had an idea. He said, "I have an idea for a uh, an Italian kid from Little Italy and a Chinese girl who's here illegally, and she becomes a victim of his world. You write the Italian, I'll write the Chinese." 
And I said, okay. So we sat down and we started hashing out this 45-minute, you know, color uh, thesis film for him. And we were casting someone to play my cousin in the film. We went through three days of casting. The last person to walk in, to, to and we were doing uh, improvs. Guy comes in. The last guy comes in. We did it. We ran about two or three improvs. He walked out. I looked at Ang and looked at me. And we both went, he's it. And it was Chaz Palminteri. Ah. <laughs> And and uh, we did the, the three of us made made Ang's um, thesis film called Fine Line, and it won him the uh, best picture, best director, and best cinematographer uh, for uh, the NYU uh, Film Festival. Fine, we swept, we swept the entire festival with it. Is, you know, is is and, there anywhere you can find that film? I just wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You find it. You got to come to my house. I have it upstairs <laughs> in my game room. <laughs> Surround sound and everything. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got all, I've got all the films that we did. I think he just invited us. Uh, I think he did. Yeah, I, I think, think that's an invite. <laughs> You're welcome. God knows the we house is big film. enough. We got it on film. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely welcome. No doubt. We'll, we'll have some good wine. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Not so, to mention my Italian wife making pasta and, and meatballs and uh, sausage for us. Oh, now I'm really sold. Now we, we, well, I was going to say, we'll bring their wine, and it won't be boxed. Sorry, Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Ow. Oh, ow. Oh. Poor Adrian. Uh, not here to defend himself. That's how those guys, uh, you know, we, we became friends. And, you know, I did a couple of movies down the road with Aang and uh, The Hulk, which which I'm on the DVD. They I got cut out, but he put me oh. on the DVD. So that's oh, okay. Cool. And and uh, and then I did Taking Woodstock, Fantas- which, um, fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And I'm, I I said that it came to me because it was a true story, and it was a book. It's a book called Taking Woodstock: How Woodstock Really Came to Be. And my manager was friends with the guy that the story is about and wrote the book, and they wanted Hank to to do it. So my manager said, "Well, you know, let me talk to Pat and let him read the book." I read the book, and I was just like, "Holy shit, that's how." You know, that's how it really took place. You know, it almost didn't happen. Right. And um, I brought it I brought it to Aang and uh, Aang actually didn't want to do it because there's a gay there's a gay scene kind of underneath it all, you know, and yeah. Woodstock. And he had done Brokeback Mountain and he, he's like, you know, I don't I don't I don't want to do another gay film and I said, No, 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 it's not that's not what it's about. Right. And uh, I spent uh, four hours on the on the phone with Aang talking him into why he should do Taking Woodstock. And then he brought it over to James Seamus, who was the president of Universal Focus, because they had, you know, produced movies together. And the three of us met at Woodstock. Uh, oh, nice. On, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, we met there, and, and we looked at that. My manager set up for us to go over by Yasker's house and his barn, which was just amazing. Uh, Yasker was obviously it's you know that's it was his land mm-hmm. that they did Woodstock on, which is now if you ever go to New York, go there and go to Woodstock and see it's a museum, it's an amphitheater, it's like holy ground, man. It's just it's all fenced in, security all over the place. It's you know I mean it's an iconic moment it is. in America, you know without a doubt. And um, so so you know I I knew James. He read the book, and once James showed up when I got back. Um, to my to my mother in law's house, I told my wife, I said, he's just green lighting the movie. There was no doubt. I knew once she read it and saw it, you know, go. And I was going to go in as a full producer, and I ended up not because 
I would have had to stay there for about seven months. And my 12 year old daughter, Gianna was not happy with that. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what, I'll take it. Co- give me co-producing at the end of the movie. I said, and Dang and I will figure a role out that I'll come in for one week and just shoot it. And, you know, and it all worked out great. Yeah. It worked out great. I played the role of Charlie. Yeah, your, you know, role, your role is great. Huh? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love the I love the mother just attacking you guys. Oh, she was great. But you, she's she's from she's from uh, Harry Potter. Oh, you know that, right? I'm not a oh, Harry yeah. Potter guy, so I don't. Yeah, me either. So. Uh, yeah, if you ever watch Harry Potter, she's actually a fa- famous English actor, okay. actress. And yeah, she was in Harry Potter. She was okay. great. She was such a sweetheart. Yeah, she's awesome. She's yeah, I'm gonna jump on your back. I said, Dad, just go for it. Just go for it. You know? Yeah, she's crazy. She was crazy, and ah! you know, oh. she comes leaping on my back. And then comes over and goes, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Really? Really gonna ask?" So small. Come on, hey. really? Oh yeah. Um, anyway, that's and that's how you know. And they've been my my best, my closest friends of uh, 40 years. Well, I'm. Yeah, I'm, number one, I'm glad you brought the film to him because it's a wonderful film. It is. Um, and it it teaches us things you don't know. I mean, yeah. the younger generation that weren't there, you know, it, it's very interesting and it's just a good movie. It is, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's an amazing director because he does things he absolutely has no knowledge about. Mm-hmm. He knew nothing about Woodstock. Uh, sure. He did he did sensibility. Uh, that's another one of Ang's mm-hmm. movies, and he came in. He came to L.A. Calls me up, and he says, "Let's go to lunch. I'll pick you up." I said, "Okay." So he picks me up. We go downtown L.A. to, to try, and we're sitting there having lunch. So I, I said to him, "Here it comes again. Your your connection is unstable. I'm unstable, guys." <laughs> um, and, and it's coming on my screen, and and um, I he he I said, "So what are you going to do?" And he goes, "I'm leaving for London in the morning." And I went, okay, what are you going to London for? And he goes, I'm going to film a Jane Austen movie, a book. And I went, wait, wait, wait. I said, you know, nothing. What the hell does a Chinese guy know about a Jane Austen book? And he looks at me and he goes, nothing. That's what I'm worried about. I know nothing about it. But that's, that's the projects he likes to do. You know, they came to him at one point and they asked him to do a, one of the Terminator movies. Oh, and he just man, he just said, "Nope, not doing it." Sure, not 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 going to do it. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to do another Hulk movie, and he said, "No, I won't. I won't do a movie that I already did." Did that done? It. Yeah. Said, what? Like, I'm, he's moving on. Yeah, I was going to say, on. what is it? What does a Chinese guy know about two gay cowboys? That's that's another one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you know what? I'll tell you a funny story. So he said it's two gay cowboys. So when one last ride came out. He had already done Brokeback Mountain, which is a big success. Right? Yeah. So now we're at the screening in New York of One Last Ride, and Ang is there. I picked him up with the you know with the limo. We went, and so now we're sitting there, and I have to do a Q and A after after the film, right, for the audience talking about it. Mm-hmm. So so I, I said I I was standing there, and I said, well, I said you know, I said it took me ten years, and I said, you know, I I. I I was in the car with Ang, and I, I couldn't believe that it actually was done. And we were driving here to watch this on the on the big screen with everyone, and it was it was like a dream. And I was going to ask Ang to pinch me, but then I remembered he did Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> so I thought that might not be a good idea right now. The whole audience, the audience went out. He started laughing. You know, he cracked, he cracked up. But 
you know, yeah. What is what is what is you know what does a, a straight straight Asian guy know you know about two two gay cowboys falling in love? Yeah, right, you know? right. Um, but uh, but you know, like uh, between Brokeback Mountain and Take um, Woodstock, maybe that's what it needed was somebody that knew nothing about it to come yeah, in exactly. and let's exactly. explore. Well, he, yeah, he he bring, he brings something fresh to it yeah. simply because he knows nothing about it, and now he's he's discovering it as he's going into the project. You know, and he's, 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 he, that's how he works. That's how he works. And that's how he works it out. Excited you know? about it. Excited about yeah. it to, to learn and all that stuff. Yeah. A whole new, it's a whole new thing to him. You know, it's, it's, it's a completely new, new ball game of what he's going to do. So, but that's, that's, that's Mr. Lee. God bless him. I love him. You know, I, I, I look forward to his, his films when they come out. I, you know, there's certain directors that you like wait for their next movie. Yeah, he's one yeah. of them. He's one of oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah, he's one of the top five directors in Hollywood. I mean, that's you know, that's it. He's got every 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 award known to man. You know, uh, every everything is on his shelf. So, and the other but, thing I like about him is it's not always um, he doesn't he doesn't huge. He doesn't need it. You know, he just wants to make his movies. We'll break release. Is, let's see what they do. He, yep, and he's so unpretentious. You have no idea. Hmm. He is so low key. Yeah, wouldn't even know if he's in the room. You wouldn't even know he's there, you know. And that's that's. But he's always been that way. Okay. You know, he's he's, he's always been that way. Even at NYU, being obviously the top director, mm-hmm. you know, by the time he hit you know his third year in grad school, uh, he was still the same way. He's like, I just want to make a movie. That's all. Hope you like it. That's just, <laughs> yeah, hope, you, hope you like it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. You know. You know. And and uh, you know. And, and the crazy thing is, he doesn't do it for the money at all. Doesn't do it for the money at all, you know. Yeah. I even said one time, I said, "So, uh, what are you worth there, my Chinese friend?" <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, "I have no idea." I went, "Okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay." And we were eating, and we were eating. So the waiter brought the brought, brought the the tap, and I said, "Well, since you don't have any idea, I said you can pay the bill." <laughs> yeah. I said, "So don't ask me for any of it." Right, right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that's. That's uh, that's Chaz and Ang, and um, you know I spent spent uh, 35 years in in uh, in Hollywood. So you know you, I worked with with uh, Rodney, as like I said, where I, where I met um, where I met Robert, and uh, Rodney was another one, great guy, great great guy. Um, the fourth tenor. So how was that experience working with before, Rodney? <laughs> well, Rodney, God God bless his soul, uh, he helped a lot, a lot, a lot of guys, a lot of young. Comedians. I'm talking Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, all these guys. When they were young, c- trying to get a break, none of the old guys would put them put them on before before they went on. And Rodney was the only one that helped them. And he'd put him in Dangerfields, you know, his, his comedy store mm-hmm. in in, uh, in New York and stuff. And he he would sit and tell us stories that would just laugh. You just laugh your ass off. But he was he was the greatest guy. But Rodney, <laughs> Rodney, God bless his soul. He probably smoked more pot than everybody at Woodstock, <laughs> and 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 he loved his pot. And the, the the trick was to keep Rodney out of the trailer, oh. because Rodney went to the trailer. Rodney would blow a joint. <laughs> and it'd be a very long night of trying to get Rodney to remember lines. Then you got to remember he's in his late seventies at this point when I made this movie with him. Okay. So and the Rodney's first, has a great he, his his story is great because he was so late going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, where his fame was late. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's amazing if you go back and you really learn about you know how how he came to be. Right. You know, 
it's amazing. And, and so we, I got on the set. It takes place in an Italian restaurant that Rodney owns. I play Nunzio, his maitre d' in the restaurant. And he never called me by my, my real name, Pat. He only called me Nunzio. That was it, all the time. Right? No matter what. On the set, off the set, didn't matter. So I get there the first night, and we're going to shoot. Now I'm at the podium in the restaurant, and the shot is Rodney's down there. Rodney walks to me. We do the dialogue. Rodney goes back towards the camera. Exit right. Oh, okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, so here I am. Rodney comes to me. Blah, 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 blah. Rodney goes towards the camera. He exits left. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Well, what did I do? All right, you went left. You got to go right. What are you talking about? Oh, whatever. Nunzio, which way did I go? I went, went that way. You got to go that way. All right, I got this. Let's walk and go. Right now, come on, roll the tape. 15 takes later, oh. somewhere between 15 and 20 takes later. We finally got the shot, and I called my wife, and I said, sweetheart, do not wait up for me because I have so much overtime on this movie. It's going to be nuts. And sure enough, the great thing was because Rodney was a, you know, a comedian, and especially Vegas and stuff, he always slept all morning. So usually you go in a movie, and you know, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, be on a set 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, Rodney wouldn't get up, so we didn't have to be on a set till twelve o'clock in the afternoon. So great, I can I can sleep all morning and then get to the set at twelve o'clock at midnight. We do twelve hours and then go home. You know? uh, but it's actually very and Warner Brothers put it out. I don't know what why, why they didn't do a better job with distributing. Obviously on DVD and everything, sure. but it's a very funny movie. Yeah, I mean it's really really a, it's a very very funny movie. You know that he did. It's got to so, be. Amazon years. might have. I mean, yeah. I mean, Amazon might have it. It's got to be somewhere because it's on DVD. Yeah. Like I said, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers put it okay. out. So and and uh, you know you know he was a great guy. He was just he was just a, a real sweet guy uh, to me. I did a Columbo, Peter Falk, God rest his soul. Another one, really great guy. I, I'll tell you a funny, funny, a funny Hollywood story about Jack Nicholson. Oh, so. Um, Chaz does a movie with Sean Penn and uh, Kevin Spacey and a couple other guys. Uh, I think it was a David Rabb play, and I forgot the name of it. Um, so we go to the premiere. And then after the premiere, there's the party. You know, there's a the dinner. So we, we all, there were, uh, I think, four of us, four of us with our wives, four or five of us with our wives, right? So we go into the, the restaurant where it's, you know, just to the private, private dinner. And so now here's two tables. Right? Right here. And there's space between the two tables. And sitting right here is Nicholson. And sitting right here is his date for the day. So this was an open table. So this was, this was booths and these were chairs. So we, we took that table and we, we decided to let the, let the wives go into the booth. You know? So now he's eating. Nicholson is eating. Okay? And now the wives are walking this way in between the tables with their back to Jack. Okay? And they go in and they sit down. They sit down. My wife sits. She's the last one sitting next to Jack's date. And I sit down right next to Jack. Like that. So I lean over to Nicholson. And I said to him, Jack, I said, sorry, we didn't mean to disturb you while you were eating. And Nicholson looks at me with a big smile. And he goes, don't worry. The fucking view was beautiful. Because <laughs> he was checking out every ass on our wives that was walking past him, going and sitting down. 
Pure nipples. True story. True story. Oh, I was gonna say that's and, and that's and Jack. Funny. Jack and I we talked the whole night that we were there, and my wife talked with. She said, "Oh, are you Jack's date?" And the <laughs> for the night, the woman goes. No, I'm not Jack State. I'm just a friend, and I'm here just accompanying him tonight. <laughs> she admit to being Jack State for the life. Cut to, cut to. I used to go because of Claire Cupcheck and Mitch Cupcheck. I used to sit in Mitch Cupcheck's seats at the Lakers with Claire, right? Oh, and which were which were three rows behind Jack. And underneath the Staples Center, there's two rooms. There's one room that's a family room. That, that private, you know, and they have food in there and everything for certain people. And then they had next to it was the Jerry Bus Bar, where, you know, all the celebrities and everything. So I, we would go into the family room before the game, and we would eat. So the first day, that the first time that I go into the family room, who's sitting there? Nicholson. So I walked in, and this was just, you know, recent, right after, you know, right, we were at the table eating. And I looked at him, and I just laughed. And I went, Jack! And I said, the view, and he looked at me and goes, was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know, every time I went in, we used to sit and talk and, and hang out. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great, great guy. And he would never, do you know, and if, uh, people think they go, really? And they go, really? Never, Jack would never go into the bar. Oh, really? You huh. see Jack go into Jerry Buss's bar and drink. Nope. He went into the family room. He ate, hung out there, went to the game. Back into the family room if we wanted some drinks or some, you know water or whatever, and go home. Oh, we'd never go. Yeah. You would think Nicholson would be hanging out in a bar with everybody. Absolutely, because everybody else was in that bar. I mean, literally one night we had uh, we we <laughs> with Claire. Uh, we were waiting for Mitch to come after the game, so we we're in the bar having a drink, and New Hefner was in there with his uh, silicone girls, and, <laughs> and and it was his birthday, and so we had to sing Happy Birthday to you Hefner. In in buses in buses bar, uh, but Jack would everybody was in there. I mean everybody. You, you, name, you name a celebrity, they were in there with us. You didn't. You, Jack, didn't you didn't have the hammer when you sang Happy Birthday to Hugh, did you? Uh, no, 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 no. No, I mean you got to understand when I was singing, I wasn't looking at you. you know, <laughs> yeah. so, right. You know, uh, good point. Good point. Because, <laughs> as Jack would say, the view was beautiful. <laughs> the view was beautiful. Yeah. But great guy. He was a great guy. One of my so, favorites. Yeah. But, you know, most of them are. Fear, you know, if you don't, if you don't, them, you know, they're they're everybody. They're all cool. A couple of them aren't aren't very nice, but I'm not going to mention names. Yeah. But you know, some some of them aren't. Some aren't. You know, that's just the way it goes. But sometimes, you know, you get a you get a little taste. I mean, I got a little taste of it many years ago uh, when I was doing the television show in New Jersey uh, when I first started the comedy show because it was on five nights a week. And it was on, we had like 5,000 fan clubs and it got really, really big. And I never forget, I was in my 20s and I had just started. And I, my wife and I were sitting in a steakhouse in New Jersey and a lot of the college kids and the high school kids and 30-year-olds used to watch the show because it was very uh, Saturday Night Live stole from us back in the back in the seventies oh. and eighties. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you I'll finish this with that. We I'm in the in the steakhouse one night, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden these three college guys walk in, and they they stop right next to my table. Oh God, it's Pat Cooper! Oh my God, from the Floyd Show! Oh, we watch you every night. We love. I said, Ah, oh, it's great, guys. Thank you very much. 
Oh, and it's fantastic. We love all your characters. We crack up, you know, all the time. We're sending you stuff. I said, yeah, that's great. Thank you. They now decide to take three chairs and pull them up to the table. <laughs> and I sat there and I, what are you doing? And they go, oh, man, we're going to have dinner with you. This is so cool. And I went, no, no, no. Guys, guys, you're not having dinner with me. This is like a private dinner with me. No, 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 man. You're too cool. We got to hang with you. We got to have, come on, we'll buy the drinks. We'll pay for the dinner. And I went, okay, you're not getting it. I looked at my wife and said, pick up your plate, pick a glass, pick up your silverware, follow me. And I said, guys, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoy the show. Glad you enjoy my characters. Keep watching the show. But this is a private dinner. Have a nice day. I got up with my wife, walked to the back of the restaurant, found the table and sat down. The waiter must have come back and went, where the hell did he go? These three college guys that were left sitting there. And they were like, uh, like that. You know, so that was a, you know, a little tiny taste of, you know, what, what happens, you know, what happens to, you know, Nicholson and these, you know, these people when, you know, when they're out and about. So constantly. You know, yeah. yeah for, for the most part, you know, if you're cool uh, to, to most of them, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty cool, you know, with you. Um, you know, but some people, I, I think, I think, cause I've done a lot of TV. I mean, I've done a lot of television from mm-hmm. in the eighties and the nineties and, and in the, you know, 2000, um, it's kind of, when you're when you're do TV, you're in their living room. Sure. So you're in their house. Yep. So they feel like you're part of their family. Okay. And they and like they know you. Exactly. Exactly. You have dinner with us. We eat dinner. We watch your show. You know, we have coffee and we watch your show. When you're just doing movies, it's a different. They they look at it differently. You're on a big screen. They got to pay to come and see you. Mm. So good point. There's, there's this separation. Yeah, the movie star, and then there's the, the yeah. you know the, the audience. When it's television, it's like that. They 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 feel like, you know, because even even you know I used to get stuff in the mail if I did a, a guest starring role, and some stuff was nice, some stuff was you know crazy people sending me you know crazy letters, you know, uh, and and you know because you're they think you're in their living room, yeah. you know, and they're hanging out, yeah. so. You know, now it's even worse, I guess, because now it's streaming and it's on the internet. And, you know, now you really, you know, now you really live with them. And you got two slugs from Wisconsin bugging you, <laughs> bugging you to talk to us. <laughs> oh, this has been great fun, man. You guys are great. You guys are absolutely great. Uh, so, you know, I, I, to- I told you when you texted me and you said, you know, the video problem that we had. Yeah. The first time around. I said, you guys eating too much cheese. I said, that, you know, that's your problem out there in Wisconsin. <laughs> Green, Green Bay Packer fans? Oh, of course. Yep. Yeah, of yep. course. Oh, you must have been happy last night, huh? Yeah, much much happier last night than last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see. So. We'll see if it continues. So where's your where's your loyalty? From New York? New, LA? My, uh, my loyalty is, is I go way back. Uh, my loyalty is with the Jets and Joe Namor. Ah. Well... So, so it's been a hard. It's been a hard travel. Well, you know, I, I well, who did I just text one of my friends back there, another Jet fan? I said I got, I got the solution, and they said what? I said just bring back Namath. Yeah. I said shoot him up, put him back on the field. I said he could probably do better than than what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah that was my. Uh, that, I'm, I've been a Jet fan since sixties. You had Brett Favre for one year, so. Yeah, we had we had Brett for for one year, yeah. and we had Uber. We had Boomer for a little while. Oh, there. yeah. That's right. I, he came in and Sanchez, you know. Yeah, you've, you've gone through a lot of quarterbacks. Ah, jeez. 
Oh, geez. You know, it's, and uh, coach, yeah. Yeah, all well, the coaches, forget the coaches, man. It's, you know, we've been through the ringer with the coaches over there. But someday, you know, they'll be, hopefully before I'm dead, I'd like to see him get to the Super Bowl one more time. You know, well, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know. You never know. No, you don't. <laughs> no, but, but you don't. The Cubs won the World Series, right? There's always a chance. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, th- thank you again. Um, we could, I mean, we could sit and listen to you tell stories all night. I'm, sh- you know, this is this is yeah. fantastic. Um, uh, it's it, it's been a, it's been my pleasure, guys. It really has. Uh, and and again, I want to thank you guys for supporting uh, Kindred and the film and and uh, doing what what you what you're uh, what you're doing. You know, you know why? If you can, Adrian, I think wanted, uh, you know, like you sent him his. I guess. Yep. His, he wanted this one. Uh, also, if you get a, get a chance. Yeah, absolutely. It. With what I mean, his editing skills are much better than mine. He put up together a little clip already, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's, yeah, how, right? that's how yeah, this is yeah. supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's good at it. That's his, that's his thing, man. Yeah. That's his thing. So, again, thank you guys very, very much. I, I really, really appreciate well, it. Well, I can't say this enough. We wouldn't uh, be so enthused about it if we didn't enjoy the film absolutely so much. Um, and we wouldn't and enjoy just talking with you. Um, really, really enjoyed all our time together thank you very very much pleasure was all mine guys all right have a good Thanks day again. all Thank right take care so have a good much. one stay safe Thank stay you. safe all right thank you for listening the tavern is closed for now but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time seriously though get your asses out of here Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. DC, I host the rock podcast Back to the Arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one on one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.